0: Hello and welcome to Syngenta Growing Golf, the podcast about tomorrow's golf industry today. I'm Gary Ferkins, and I'm your host for today's program. In this episode, we're discussing Syngenta's newly published market research report, Golf and Social Media, The Great Divide. I'll be speaking to Jacques de Gein and Claire Marta of Ipsos, who were tasked with analyzing more than 16 million social media posts mentioning golf. Also joining us to look at the insights and solutions from this groundbreaking report is Syngenta's Mark Birchmore. As always, we're interested in your thoughts and feedback, so please do join the conversation at SyngentaGolf.com or via Twitter and LinkedIn. Enjoy the show. Well, welcome everyone to this special edition of Singenta Growing Golf. Uh, I'm delighted to have uh, Jacques and Claire from Ipsos with us, uh, but also Mark Birchmore from Singenta uh, who commissioned this report. Mark, tell us a little bit about this report and, and indeed what the purpose is.
1: Thank you, Gary. Um, so the opportunity with this particular report was to fundamentally generate some new insights for, for the golf industry. We've been spending a long time over the last decade to help the industry better understand customers and the experiences they have with golf, uh, developed you know, informed solutions for, for how we grow the game um, and really grow particularly from our perspective the green grass side of the business but I think as we've all seen this industry is evolving um, and since we did uh, our last major study in 2016 which was focused on increasing female participation a lot has changed in the industry and the growth of the social media and digital platforms really creates the opportunity to ger- generate uh, new insights and un- really understand what the conversation is about golf uh, what's being said and how does this uh, Give us new insights and inform the way that we think about the game and offer new solutions to to keep the momentum going and, and grow the, the business of golf.
0: And this really is a first-of-its-kind um, uh, report because it, it's, it's a wide-ranging report looking at analysis uh, of social media, looking at uh, social media conversations, but also customer reviews and then following on from that later in the year, some kind of deep dives into some specific subjects. But Jacques, could you just give us a little overview uh, of how Ipsos went, uh, went about the report? Tell us what it's all about. Yeah,
2: sure. For the report, we've used the social listening a methodology which is as you said the analysis of everything said online about certain topics and the first important thing to know is that when we say everything online it's everything public all the posts that are accessible to the wider audience and so we use a tool that's called Synthesio that will collect all these public posts and all the posts that relate to a specific lexical field that we've defined So for this uh, specific research, we were interested in conversations about golf in general. So not just people actually playing golf, but whenever the topic would hit the news, headlines. So we've made a list of, a very short list, easy actually, about golf and everything about golfing, or golf players. And then we had a a corpus of 16 million posts uh, in English about golf. And we thought that this would be a great start to understand the image of golf online.
0: So that's 16 million uh, posts or mentions of golf that have been analysed over a period of time. And that's a huge amount.
2: That's the all the public posts, and we have on top of that, of course, all the private ones. So that gave us a first idea of the size of the conversation and how big golf is actually a topic online. So the first question for us was to understand why, what's driving this volume, this huge amount of conversation. And this led us to our first uh, first perception of a dual audience when we talk about golf. Because in the sources that we collect, Twitter, News uh, play a big part, but we have forums as well, comments on news. And we've quickly realized that when we look at a graph of volumes, we have very high peaks of conversations, viral peaks of topics. And all these peaks are related to politics in most of the cases. And when we look at actual sport conversations, that's most of the volumes on a daily basis. Uh, with the with the more regular peaks of smaller volumes, so it gave us a sense very quickly that we have on one hand people who will follow golf topics and have will have regular touch points with golf on a variety of topics, variety of context, and on the other hand, maybe the larger general audience that will hear about golf from time to time, and in much more politics and political and then controversial uh, context. And that was the first step for the analysis.
0: And let me ask you about that as well, because um, uh, the news and Twitter as sources of information within this report are quite prominent. And, and we understand that because of GDPR rules and past, uh, um, past stories, which we're aware of regarding Facebook, you can't get into lots and lots of uh areas of uh, uh, of social media and and mine that information now which is which is obviously quite correct, but would you say that what the content particularly that's reflected through news and through twitter and through other social channels broadly what we've got is reflective of conversations and mentions about golf generally across across social media
2: it is a, a very interesting crucial point because it's Here we have, as you said, a very large share of conversations that's driven by news and Twitter, Twitter being itself driven by news. And we have a smaller share of conversations on forums. When we look at sources, whatever the topic, whatever the corpus, we know that on forums, people are more likely to share stories about their own experience. They have a community of of experts or, or at least of people who are interested in a topic. So that's more likely... That's more likely to be the where you will find stories about our personal experience, people telling about how they would play golf. Do they like it or not? What are the uh, advices they can ask for, they can receive? Twitter and news is more like public societal topics. So having such a large part of volumes from Twitter and news tells us about this idea of a, a topic that's divided between Public general stories and personal stories. If we look at people telling using the the I pronouns, people telling about their own stories. If we make this filter on the corpus, that's where we see the forums share growing up a lot. So it's it's part of the analysis to look at this structure of the corpus.
0: Jacques, this research has been done in two ways. We we we're looking at online conversations, but also customer reviews. Tell me. Uh, the importance of those two ways of, of looking at uh, social uh, media?
2: So these um, two steps, actually, each of them will uh, help us answer a different question. The first question was, what is the image of golf? So what do people say about golf and what do people read about golf? That's a very important thing as well, because when we say we see controversial topics, it's not just about who posts about them, it's as well the dozens hundreds of people who would read each and every one post so that's all the about conversations but it, when we look at reviews it's more about behaviors so removing from this because i have never played golf myself i could post anything about golf and even i could say that i've been good at playing golf today there's no way we can there's no way we can uh, make sure that it tells something about behaviors. When we look at reviews, we get, we're get getting much, much closer to the experience of golf. And that's one way for us to move from the general conversations to the reality of the experience of golf.
3: Yeah, um, as Jacques said, you know, the content is actually already out there. You just have to communicate more about it. And it's one thing that You know, those golf facilities like Top Golf already do a lot. For example, if they have, I don't know, employees from the LGBTQ community, they will say, oh, look, we have um, Sharon, uh, who is this and that working with us. So if you are in a similar group, you might feel welcomed with us. And I'm sure on Greengrass courses, it's the same. You have a lot of diversity in your staff. You have a lot of diversity in your um, players a lot of diversity in the communities around the golf course. And it's just a matter of how to communicate about this diversity that already exists so that you can touch those people who might be in similar communities, in similar groups, or who might identify with, you know, those players, those staff members, um, those local communities. So it's just, you know, really a matter of how to uh, put this, content out there. And I think social media could actually be a really great place to do this, because obviously younger generations and maybe some minorities might be more prone to being on social media and listening to the conversations that happen out there rather than on, you know, traditional media or TV or radio. So it's really a great place to start, I think.
0: Okay, well, let's talk a little bit about this. As as we were saying, the the kind of analysis breaks down into two areas online conversations and then secondly uh, customer reviews which is you know gives us some very very rich rich insights but just as an overview um looking at kind of both both of those areas of research what 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 are the some of the key findings that we've learned let's get straight into some of the results what what have we learned from 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 looking at this
2: so the i think the main funding that we we've learned and that seems to be quite specific to golf is that we have two quite different and separated audiences. Because it's not just about what's posted, who posts online, it's as well who reads the content and who will be influenced by what they read. And we've realized that there's on one, the first group of people will be people who actually play golf. They have an interest in the sport and the goal for them is about what's in the news, but about what they see on sports websites as well. What they themselves, how they themselves perform on a golf course. And on the other side, we have a group of people who do not project themselves playing golf. And for them, golf is a topic in the news and topic that tends to be controversial. So that's two very different clusters of conversations that relate to the very different cluster of people.
0: And in some ways, we've got two, two groups here. And, and just coming back to those controversies, because in many ways this this the period of this research actually goes across it spans the pandemic so it's from 2019 to to 2022 and of course lots of other things have happened uh, during that period that have impacted golf uh, a golfing president of the united states donald trump uh, was in power during during part of that period um, and also we've seen the the rise of uh, the live golf league uh, which again has kind of captured um captured news stories and put golf on the front page rather than rather than necessarily on the on the back page. So how has that impacted general conversations about golf and, and, and what what happens on social media?
2: The one thing that we that is very important when we do social listening is to understand the context and associations to a certain topic. In the two examples that you've given, it means that golf is mentioned in a quite Um, intense controversial conversations because it's about governing during the pandemics so is the government doing enough are the leaders taking care of the people and that's that's it's it's the pandemic so it's a very anxious topic and same with the uh, leave league which is about the like global balance between countries between western countries uh, and other countries so it's it's not necessarily about sports, it's more where golf will stand within this context. And that itself is a very important point, because it means that in that instance, it's not about the experience of sports, it's not about whether is it enjoyable to play golf, is it enjoyable to see yourself progressing at golf, it's more about The role and status of golf within society and having only this touch point with golf without having your own personal experience that would bring the positivity, the the added value of sports, of any sports, it already brings a, a balance that's difficult for golf. And that will have an impact on the image of golf.
0: So is it the case that some of what we've seen in in the news and some of those controversies, let's call them at least controversial stories, does that project a kind of a negative sentiment or does it create a negative sentiment about golf? Whereas actually, when people are expressing their playing of golf and their experiences of golf, that's more positive. But does the but, but does the the news in any way does that cast a shadow? The negative sentiment does that cast a shadow across uh, perhaps the positive experiences that, that that people actually enjoy?
2: Yeah, you're, you're totally you're, that's totally the case. And the first reason is very almost like a mechanical reason, which is we're talking about topics that is discussed in the news on Twitter. When there's a lot of virality, when there's a lot of public content, and when everyone will read and participate in the conversations. On the on the other side, the positive stories about sport and golf as sport, uh, as we said, are more discussed on forums when you have smaller communities and when the audience is much much smaller. So the there's this the travel the traveling stories are quite different. And so if we look at the corpus. We might think first thing is that, well, there might be a problem with golf. But then it's just because these negative and controversial stories will travel much further because they—that's where they happen, and that's because they're related to very larger, wider topics that just about golf.
0: When you talk about the corpus, you're talking about this whole body of of, of content and conversations and 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 reviews. But let's let's cut to the chase because. Um, This report, it refers to the great divide. And in fact, what comes out of this report uh, is the identification of two customer profiles, insiders and outsiders. The insiders perceive themselves as golfers and the outsiders, although they might actually be experiencing golf in one form or another, they may have been to a golf course, they don't feel they're on the inside of golf. They feel the feel themselves as outsiders. Maybe just talk a little bit about those two customer profiles, if you would, Jack.
2: So the one thing well, one important point is that as you said we've looked at reviews of uh, golf courses online. The the objective with this part is to move from conversations what is said what is read about a golf online to actual experiences. And when we move to this uh, to this this part saying okay how do people share what they experience on golf courses this uh, divide remained It means that it feels almost like if you're an insider of golf, it might not be because you play golf every week. It's just that you project yourself as part of the golfing community and you feel like you're entitled to play golf and that you know you would, even if you don't know how to play golf, you would enjoy it if you start and if you learn how to play golf. On the other hand, looking at the reviews, it felt like some people who have experienced golf, who've tried golf, and who might have enjoyed it, still don't feel quite comfortable or part of the community. So there's a very sense of, it depends on how you perceive yourself and how you see the golfing community. And these two groups of people, when we when we went a bit deeper in the analysis, we realized that the main difference lies in the motivation the needs they f- they want to to fulfill to answer with golf
0: and the motivations are are, are fascinating and let's we'll get on to that in in a, in a short while but first mark you know what was your what was your reaction to seeing some of these kind of headline findings and and indeed that we've got these two really quite distinct customer profiles both who may be uh, experiencing or engaging with golf in one way but you've got this group of insiders and a group of
1: outsiders yeah I, th- I think my first reaction was you know, we've kind of seen this a little bit in some of our a lot of our other data yeah you know, we've seen the downside in a way of golf be potentially rather discriminating and non-inclusive intimidating so yeah you, know, you you can see some of the threat but also the beauty of the this data shows that experiences can be great and they are shared and there's a lot of good out there and yeah, you know, the old the, the industry and we've had the part in that is is trying to change in in many parts of the world to to open up, and so I'm talking more about green grass golf here. Got a long way to go, but I think the other interesting thing that we've seen evolve over the especially over the past few years has been off course experiences growing very very quickly, and some of the customer needs that are uh, maybe not served as well by certain you know green traditional golfing experiences are being. Uh, satisfied very well by by other golfing experiences. So, our data on the latent demand for a golfing experience, I think, is really borne out. We're seeing that both in the financial results of of the broader golf industry, both on course and off course, but now we're seeing it in the conversations online. And in a way, it's a bit of a shame that the the, the shadow, as you describe, yeah, you know, it has. There are two communities here, and some some of those controversies unfortunately reinforce some of the the traditional negative perceptions about the industry when in fact you know we are and have done a lot of good change in the industry to make it more diverse more inclusive um, and a better experience for golfers both on and off course but this is I think it's a really interesting moment in time uh, having come out of the pandemic where on course golf has really experienced a big boost and simultaneously we're seeing off course golfing experiences expand rapidly and and really deliver a, a rather different customer experience which is perhaps much more open uh, very differentiated compared to what traditional perceptions are about the game.
0: So Claire let's let's uh, get to the the nub of this. What 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 are the solutions for the golf industry? What can we learn from from the data and the insights that we've got here and 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 what what is the the, the strategy for golf? What are the solutions? What can what can we do to uh, detect make the most of these opportunities?
3: Yeah so what we've seen is that you know you have um those outsiders that we want to attract to the golfing community and you have those insiders that you don't want to lose because they're your um, base of people that are already interested in golf so the real question is how can you reconciliate them and how can you um, attract one without repulsing the other you know and I think there's really two steps and we've identified two steps kind of a two-step action plan on how to do this and the first step would be to you know change the image of golf and the golfing community because those outsiders that you want to attract they don't feel like they belong in this community they don't identify themselves with the golfing um, the golf players you know and we we see this image that is quite negatively impacted by all all the online conversations, the political controversies, those detractors. There are also quite a few detractors online who have very strong opinions about, you know, maybe sustainability or um, diversity, and they they can, you know, impact negatively the prospective players because those pr- prospective players might not, you know, identify themselves with uh, the golf. Golf community. And there's also quite a, um, a low visibility of benefits. So, you know, it's quite, it's the happy few, the a small group of privileged people against the large majority of outsiders that don't really know anything about golf. So to change this image, there's quite a few things actually that could be done. Um, first of all, a good promotion of the diversity of players and stakeholders and people you know, golf lovers, people who are interested in golf, there is already diversity. So promoting it, communicating about people who are, you know, from minorities, women, people from, I don't know, like the LGBTQ plus community, um, giving them visibility would be a great first step to change this image. Also, for example, if there is, I don't know, um, bad conduct on the course or during a pro competition, addressing these issues would be also a step to kind of change this global image of golf. And one thing that we've identified as well is that it should really happen at the local level. There's this huge online debate going on about very political and social topics, but what's happening at the local level? What's happening at the golf course by your house? You know, is it, how does it Um, impact and beneficiate local communities. There's a lot of things that golf courses are doing for the local people. And those should be the things that we are focusing on to change this image, you know.
0: And so, what I found uh, interesting, sorry Claire, what I found interesting in in last year, twenty twenty two, which is well, one of the hottest on record in some places, there was flooding in other parts. But we uh, we experienced a year of climate extremes, and and actually uh, detractors took to social media to accuse golf of uh, wasting water or you know being elitist, being whatever you know. Um, But there's a kind of a kind of in some ways a misunderstanding uh, there that that golf courses are not representing. Because, uh, as you say, if you're engaged with your with your local community, uh, you can perhaps present the positive uh, face of golf and and actually uh, bring bring that community in. One thing that really interests me in the report as well, Claire, was. Um, this little kind of nugget around Instagram, that although Instagram was a very small part of um, you know the overall social media profile that, that we've looked at, the level of interactivity was incredibly significant in terms of sharing positive experiences about golf. Can you just tell us a little bit about that?
3: Yeah, well, if I remember correctly, there was, uh, I think, less than 1% of conversations that happened on Instagram, but it... Um, it's part more than 40% of all the interactions of all the whole, the, the whole mentions. Um, so what we've seen is that um, on Instagram, you have more of those experiences, of, as you've said. So people who are sharing uh, their competition or sharing their experience playing golf, you also have, um, you know, influencers and celebrities playing golf and those kind of, funny videos and memes and, you know, viral content that people interact a lot with. So they will like, they will share, they will comment on those videos and on those posts and on those uh, images that they see because it appeals not only to the golfing community, like uh, forums who are very for a, um, a niche part of the population, but those posts on Instagram are for a very large parts of the population. You don't have to play golf to see a funny video with Kim Kardashian Playing golf, you know, and it might interest you and it might give you this idea that, oh, maybe if an influencer that's not really specialized in golf plays golf, maybe I can too. So that's what it's, it's a great um, entry point, I think, for outsiders to um, begin an interest in golf. So that was, yeah, absolutely a very interesting point in our research
0: and i think uh, you know as a, as a brand marketer myself i found it fascinating that um uh, you know the way the way golf was uh, presented or the way typically golf courses market themselves is often based around promotions and selling things when actually that engagement with the community creating trust around what you're doing and showing the kind of good experiences is probably a better way of selling than uh you know than 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 actually just kind of trying trying to sell directly mark what what did you take out of those uh some of those insights
1: yeah for for me i think it just highlights that there is a great opportunity for the industry to tell and showcase the really good stories that do exist. So if you take the example about water use on golf courses, yeah we know from our interactions with with many customers around the world that those golf course superintendent teams are really great stewards of the environment, and invariably are doing as much as they can to reduce water use. To target it they 're working with their local communities in areas where there are restrictions they 're using reclaimed water they 're finding solutions and innovations to you know, become a, a more sustainable part of um, the golf industry, but also they 're embedded by definition into their community so yeah, my observation, and particularly because I was on the west coast of the US at the back end of last year, and we all know uh, how that's been looking over the past few years. Yeah, we see that in action, but invariably, because, partly because those stories are very local, they aren't visible uh, beyond those those local communities, and I think. That for me in, in, as in as our role and what we could do to support the industry, as we've been doing with research like this and other things. I think that's part of what we can do to help showcase best practice, show it people what's actually happening on the ground. Because I think, yeah, the the story could easily be be distorted by some of these other um, situations, and that's creating a perception which isn't really the truth. And I think that's uh, that's a shame because there is lots of great work going on out there, which is which are beyond obviously what Syngenta can do and the initiatives we're associated with. And you know, we do try and highlight some of those things through the Syngenta Golf channels and so on.
0: Jacques, just coming back to the point about the image of golf, could it be the case that uh, golf is very good at speaking to insiders, but actually it should spend more time speaking to outsiders?
2: Yes, yes, definitely. I think the when we look at online at the communications from golf courses and how they do advertising and the marketing, we see that it's about performing on the golf course. It's about everything that the insiders already know quite well. And we know that it works and we know that it's important for the insiders to enjoy the best golf courses possible. But there's a lot online and a lot in the nature of golf, a lot of stories that would appeal to the outsiders. And it's sometimes feel like maybe the golf courses are shy from talking to the outsiders or do not feel they would, they would have the content, they would have the right messages. But it's, it's actually quite the case already. There's, there's content, there's everything in place to bring this change. And it's just a matter of starting this conversation now.
0: And as we well know, perception is often reality. So there's there's a you know there's a, both a challenge and an opportunity there for golf to get onto the front foot and and present golf in in a in a true and and positive light. Mm-hmm. Just coming back to this uh, insiders and outsiders, and it's not insiders versus outsiders because as Claire rightly pointed out, the the, the business strategy for golf should be to bring the outsiders in uh, with, without without losing the insiders. But the report goes into some significant detail about the, the customer profiles and the motivations, um, which is which is very interesting. We may not have time to, to go into it all now, but it's well worth looking at because it tells you something very specific about the two different types of customers. But certainly from a solution perspective, to bring those outsiders in, there were two kind of motivational factors that, that kind of stood out. To get those outsiders into golf enjoyment and the kind of the social aspect of golf the conviviality uh, Jacques and Claire do you want to just kind of speak to that because that's really at the crux of the matter for for, for driving uh, uh, new new business new customers coming mm-hmm. into the into the industry
2: what, what we've seen is that it's almost as if outsiders were deterred from the idea of a golf etiquette to start golf and they're thinking it's not the place where I would have fun and I want to have fun with other people. And so the this sort of divide is almost like growing up, because the more we see sports and group activities developing in society, and am saying, OK, it's, it's good to share with family, with everyone. And the more in the same time, it seems like this golf will never be that place. Well, and if we go back to local stories, we see that it's the case. You can... It can be fun. You can have families. You can have children on golf course, and you can have both audiences, both groups of people enjoying golf course. So it's um, yeah, it's really almost like telling a different story about the golf people who already play golf, changing this image and maybe the image they might think they might have of themselves, and changing the the image that the outsiders have of the of the insiders and the other way around, and say that it's. It's golf courses can be that place to both be performant, be in control of your, your sport activity, and as well have fun because that's the case in many other sports. And the uh, golf course is a large area. It's an outside area. It's it's really that provides of play that kind of places where you will have these things happening, these great things in real life, in for society, for local communities. And Claire, for you, what, what would you add?
3: Yeah, uh, another really interesting point about this topic of outsiders wanting fun, you know, is that we we studied, you know, we we researched green grass courses, but we also touched on um, other uh, golf facilities like top golf or mini golf. And what we've seen is that outsiders go more easily towards those uh, other facilities because they think they will have more fun because there is less etiquette, as Jack said but also because there's, um, there's this perceived really steep learning curve in golf before you can have fun. There's this uh, perception that you need to be really good at golf uh, to enjoy it, which is not the case if you just go and, you know, hit the balls at top golf or uh, if you just go with your family at a mini golf. So this is also an entry point for outsiders who might just want to have fun at, at first but might develop a more keen interest into golfing, and then go on green grass courses as they progress in their interest for golf. You know.
1: Yeah, I think I think the build I'd have there, Gary, is it's interesting that almost by default, because we're, you know, we think about bringing outsiders in. If we flipped those two name conventions and said, well, actually, it's about bringing green grass golfers a better experience than everyone else experiences, we might come up with some much more innovative solutions for traditional green gar on course golf and i think that that's where the industry has you know it recognizes it's got to to deliver a better more inclusive and you know better customer journey a better overall experience and i think w- one really interesting opportunity right now is for both if you like parts of that industry to learn from each other because there are clearly this a very strong value proposition for both because both sides of that uh, equation have grown um, yeah, off course golf is growing faster so you could make a case that maybe on course golf isn't perhaps offering the experience it could do because the latent demand is being satisfied by by other experiences but I, I think it's a really opp- good opportunity in the totality to say you know, who's doing what really well what did they do that we could implement on our golf course or what does that golf course offer that we could really implement on our off our, you know, our off course experience to, to, to get, deliver the best customer experience and by definition generate additional value for the industry and grow, grow the game as a total. And
0: we're certainly starting to see uh, some of those changes and thinking back, Mark, you know, even 10 years ago, um, you know, the the research was throwing up the need for golf venues to be more flexible, to have different formats to to enable people to experience golf in different ways, whether that was a a 12-hole course, a nine-hole course Mm -hmm. or a short course. Uh, We've seen this from from the start of the research and, and this seems to kind of underline that further alongside you know the enjoyment and the social and conviviality of it you know creating those customer experiences that people frankly expect Uh, if they go for a leisure experience they expect to have a great coffee or uh, you know a great cafe or 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 whatever so I guess we're you know that those are the opportunities that are being identified but I wonder you know for all three of you, you know, was there anything anything else in this report that that was either interesting uh, or surprising? Perhaps uh, uh, Claire and Jacques, you know, perhaps not coming from the golf industry, because it's actually very interesting and and beneficial to have people, perhaps from outside of golf, look looking in. What else interested you or perhaps surprised you? Well, there's
2: one detail. One one. Quite specific thing that I did not know, but that that was amazing to learn is that there are actually golf balls on the moon, and it tells something about the the the, the role of golf in the story in the recent history. I didn't know that. And the the and more in a more uh, uh, let's say a strategic way, I what what I really really enjoy doing this research is that we're talking about golf, the challenge of golf, but it's really about. The role of sport in society. We're talking about divide. We're talking about the uh, how to reconciliate audiences, how to bring something that will bind people together, and that's really the value of sport. So it's not just. It feels like it's not just about will can golf uh, continue growing itself, itself. It's more how will golf bring this added value, bring this this very very important uh, binding power within. S- within society and that's that's great that's a very exciting challenge and very exciting topic
0: yeah and your your reference there to 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 the moon and golf balls being hit on the moon i think during uh, when the research was being done i think there was an anniversary of one of the apollo missions and i i think i I hope i've got this right and i'm sure i'll be corrected if i haven't i think it was the astronaut alan shepard who hit uh, a couple of golf balls on the moon he took an improvised club but it was interesting that that story then continue to resonate and and like a lot of the stories that we and and the conversations we saw these are the conversations that as you say kind of engage a, a, a wider audience but uh, Claire anything from you that um uh, you know that you found particularly interesting or or, uh, or or surprising
3: um there are actually two things the first one is more as a researcher um I found really interesting that there were um, so many conversations that were addressed to non-golfers. I, I was expecting more conversations, more um, more deep conversations about the experience of golf and uh, golfing in general, tips and advices and everything. And we've seen actually quite a lot of conversations around, you know, gaming in like gaming golf uh, or real estate because um, houses were near to a. Um, golf course, so it increased their value, or you know, famous people playing golf. So all those little things that were addressed to non-golfers, I've, I found really interesting it from a research standpoint, and from a more personal standpoint, from um, you know, as a as an outsider and as a minority, as a young Gen Z woman, um, I found really interesting to see that there was actually quite a lot of uh, fun to be had in golf, you know, um, I expected more, um, I don't know, I I had this image um, that was conveyed, you know, by Twitter and by uh, the general public of golf being uh, a sport that was not for me. And doing this research, seeing those TikToks, seeing those Instagram posts, Uh, I think it really catered to my generation and the kind of people that I am, and that maybe you want to attract a bit more as outsiders. So I found really interesting that, you know, just doing a little bit of a deep dive into this topic of golf, you can really draw interest from people that might not have an interest prior to that. So that's also uh, a good point for you, I guess.
0: (laughs) I think yeah, a great opportunity for the you know for the golf industry and and mark that's that's a, a point that's been reflected in in previous research hasn't it particularly that um the appeal of golf and when we've looked particularly at, uh, at gender um you know the appeal of golf to women and and families it's um you know what claire has expressed there uh you know has come out in in the research many
1: times before uh, absolutely and i and i think it's really interesting to see i guess a couple of concerns in that I kind of I was asking myself has anything changed since over the decade of us doing studies like this and some things haven't but also grounds you know, from what Claire was saying there are a lot of grounds for optimism and I think yeah we are seeing shifts we, we are seeing I think the platforms for new people to come into the game and share stories so I think yeah the fact that Claire mentions TikTok and, and Instagram you know, really they weren't when we first started this initiative more than a decade ago they weren't even Particularly visible at all, or even invented in the case of TikTok. So, I think that that's a great opportunity for the industry, um, and you know, I think especially for for younger people in general. You know, we remember that in our uh, some of our earliest research, it's really difficult to keep younger communities engaged with golf. Yeah, you know, retention is a is still an issue uh, in in on course golf. Um, but we're seeing some of those experiential uh, offers and solutions coming into off-course golf, which are starting, to, I think, to change the dynamic. And we're seeing hybrids of those two things come together now. We're seeing, you know, we've just published an article, I think, Justin Timberlake, and investing in golf, but more from a, a hybrid experiential um, um, angle and so on. So we're seeing seeing the best of both worlds start to come together now, which I think is a, a really interesting um, you know feature of the industry we 're seeing famous people investing in the game who are non golfers traditionally or weren 't ever considered like that, and getting involved in in very different elements and now we 're seeing people talking about it so that that can only be good um because I think in the end the business demand is there the business opportunity is there, and this is what we 've said for a long time you know the the latent demand for golf is really high, and we saw that through the the pandemic and the need. And the human need to engage in green spaces, in particular, driving, you know, on course demand and those brilliant experiences. for, for people who can't, for whatever reason, access that, or just want something different, um, you know, if you live in Tokyo, it's hard to get out, and you know, something like a, a driving range or Top Golf is is maybe the only thing you you can access. So there's lots of great. uh, stories out there and I think that was the underlying theme in here how do big question for the industry how do we showcase those local stories how do we showcase diverse communities and so on and and so that golf represents the communities in which it's operating
0: well, that's great. Well, thank you all. And uh, there's plenty of insights there for golf course businesses, uh, clubs, courses, and, and golf businesses uh, generally. Um, golf and social media, The Great Divide, is now available to download on syngentagolf.com. Um, but for now, uh, Jacques and Claire from Ipsos um, and Mark Birchmore from Syngenta, thank you very much for your time.
2: Thank you very much for having us. Thank you. Thanks, Jacques. Thank Thanks a
0: Thank you to Jacques and Claire from Ipsos and also to Mark Birchmore of Syngenta. This was a huge study and the analysis of social media conversations and customer reviews offers the golf industry valuable insights and solutions. The identification of two clear customer profiles, insiders and outsiders, and their different motivations for playing golf is fascinating. The research also threw up important insights on the need to change the image of golf through the sharing of positive customer experiences as well as engaging with local communities. It was also interesting to hear Claire's reflections on how a new image of golf is required to engage diverse audiences. The report, Golf and Social Media, The Great Divide, is now available to download from syngentagolf.com, where you'll also find more golf industry insights, interviews, and business success stories. We look forward to hearing your feedback. In the meantime, don't forget to follow and like Syngenta Growing Golf. Until next time, goodbye.